What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. What's going on, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Chargers Lately. I am your host, Michael Peterson. Today, we're going to talk about, obviously, the biggest news of the hour, right, which is the Tyrod Taylor news, the unfortunate situation that happened there involving the medical staff, which is just kind of almost surreal, right? Like, it's something you don't even want to think about, you don't even really want to talk about, and you just feel so bad for the guy, but uh, we'll get into that first. After that, we will recap the Chiefs game, obviously talk about the good and the bad. Um, I'll probably run through my my Surger static there as well, give you guys. It's, it's my version of like a winners and losers article, and then obviously talk about Herbert's, uh, his performance, which was phenomenal, right? Like it, it, probably some of the most exciting Chargers football I've watched in some time, and yeah, yeah, they didn't come away with the win and everyone wants to point towards the interception obviously by Herbert but it's like if a guy did you know 10,000 things to keep them in the game I don't think one thing obviously deserves to to hold all that stuff back and and a majority of fans probably don't feel that way Um, it's just something I want to throw out there Um, but other than that we'll, we'll talk a little bit as well about uh, the media call today with Coach Lynn. We talked with Linval Joseph, Hunter Henry, and Shane Steichen. I got a little insight on the Chargers' final couple plays in regulation as well. Uh, and by that, I mean before they went into overtime, their last couple plays were that first and goal at the four where they ran you know, three plays and one of them looked like Austin Eckler messed up or, or Justin Herbert messed up, um, which I actually got clarification on that as well earlier this week. So uh, with that being said, guys, we're just going to go ahead and get into the show. So the biggest news out there right now, not just for the Chargers, but for the entire NFL as well, is this whole Tyrod Taylor predicament where we come to find out, and I believe it was first reported by Ian Rappaport, but if you guys remember, Herbert started because there was chest pain that Tyrod Taylor was experiencing prior to kickoff on Sunday. And, you know, at first it was just like complications, right? After the game, when Anthony was asked again about the complications, he just kept it at simply complications. So... Here we are, this is this is Wednesday, a couple days later, and, and we come to find out that the doctor, the team doctor, who administered the painkiller injection to Tyrod's ribs, which is apparently he's had cracked ribs, but apparently that we, didn't, we had no idea about that either, we just found that out. Um, but while trying to administer that injection near his ribs, he punctured one of Tyrod Taylor's lungs. Yeah, no, seriously, like punctured his lungs so that's where the pain and the uncomfortable breathing and stuff came from that's why he went to the hospital as far as the right now we we talked to anthony lynn earlier today on on the press call he said tyrod's in the building he's fine feeling fine he's busy mentoring the young quarterbacks obviously justin uh, herbert is going to start against the carolina panthers but all in all it, it looks to be like he's fine but that's still very serious right doctors have already told him uh, or advised him not to play like indefinitely. So doctors were just like, hey, for the time being, like don't even think about trying to suit up. So, you know, obviously that means Justin Herbert's going to start this week. I don't know how quickly, you know, a guy can come back from something like that. You know, obviously there's different differing severities of 
a punctured lung for him to be okay and literally not be in the hospital that long at all it probably is minor to a degree but i just can't imagine no matter how minor tyrod taylor suiting up anytime soon for this team uh, if you've been on Twitter at all, I know Schefter retweeted one of the tweets from George Atala, who is the Associate Executive Director uh, of External Affairs with the NFLPA. He has already met with Tyrod Taylor's agent and Tyrod himself to discuss maybe possibly bringing a case, you know, investigating to that uh, towards the doctor, right? Like if he, if he loses money, not only just his job, but if he loses, you know, the well-being and, and the money that comes with being a, a part of the Chargers and then having a job in the NFL... That's a huge deal, and that's a, a plenty of reason to take legal action against him. And, and today, as well as talking to Lynn and Shane Steichen, we talked to, to Hunter Henry, we talked to Linval Joseph, and both of them kind of had the same thing to say when, when reporters asked if there's now any like trust loss between them and the medical staff, and everyone pretty much said the same thing, is that there, there isn't any love loss, no trust loss between the two, that mistakes happen. And like... I think that's the answer we should have all expected, right? Like we weren't going to have a player just throw them under the bus and say like, like to hell with them, you know, like they screwed up, they need to be fired. Like no one's going to say that, especially not Anthony Lynn or any of the players. But that's still a big deal, right? And a business that is performance-based, if you're a coach and lose too much, you're out. If you're a player and you don't do well enough, you're out. If you're the team doctor and you puncture someone's lung, I think, you know, to be equal, right, maybe that guy should lose his job. And Lynn made a point to say he likes the doctor, he knows him personally, and obviously he wouldn't want him to lose his job. But for everyone who isn't close to that doctor, right, who isn't like chummy with him, I think they'd expect to see someone lose their job. I don't know if that's going to happen. Again, Lynn just said, hey, we're just going to handle it internally. He really wouldn't go into any detail whatsoever about the situation. He just kept it close to his chest. And they're just, you know, instead of saying, uh, you know, again, fire him, like we're just going to figure out internally. He, uh, Tyrod Taylor going on IR was asked about, you know, if Coach Lynn would, would uh, think about doing that for at least three weeks. And, and Lynn said, no, he hasn't. He's just focused on making sure Tyrod heals and, and gets better. So, you know, I don't know how he doesn't go on IR again, honestly. It, it'd be crazy if, if he didn't. Um, but again, I'm no doctor. I don't know the severity of this type of stuff. So that's the big chunk of news, right? That is that is what you're hearing across all platforms, ESPN, NFL.com, network, whatever, all over the place. And I am fighting a sneeze right now. I apologize. Oh, goodness. We got to go on and talk about this Chiefs game. So, guys, how exciting was this Chiefs game? Right? Like, I get it. At the end of the day, it's a loss, and that sucks. It, it still felt like another one of those. We did everything we could. We just how bounce our way, right? We're just sitting there screaming at the TV, please bounce our way, please bounce our way. Just something happened, missed the kick. Something else crazy happened, right? We unfortunately didn't get any of those things, and it seems like you know our luck ran out when we didn't have to go to overtime and we, we beat the uh, Bengals. Right with with Randy Bullock missing that kick, um, again just really really tough to watch. At least the end, but for you know the first three and a half quarters, this game was kind of sweet. 
right? Like the surprise start with Justin Herbert learning out moments before kickoff that he's going to be the starter. He comes in and, and drives down. I think it was an eight-play, 79-yard drive to, to open things up. He rushes in for the opening score. And it was like perfect. Like it wasn't perfect plays or anything, but like he made something out of nothing when it wasn't there. He made the catches. The people he was throwing, or he made the throws. The people he was throwing it to made the catches. There was the Austin Eckler one where he just threw it up. There was Justin Kelly, Joshua Kelly, pardon me, um, taking the dump off pass and somehow gaining like 30 yards all of a sudden and breaking tackles. Like you couldn't have asked for a better opening drive, especially for a rookie you know, who was just thrown into the fire like that. It's a huge deal. Uh, the pass rush was active as hell, right? Joey Bosa, Jerry Tillery, Linval got in on it a bit. Like everyone is kind of working synergistically with each other. And that is absolutely fantastic. They were on top of screens, which usually gash their opponents, the Chiefs do with them. And somehow they just made the Chiefs offense look pedestrian. Now, God, it just sucks because yes, they really did make the Chiefs' offense look pedestrian until Patrick Mahomes uncorked a 55-yard bomb that was only in a place that Tyreek Hill could catch it. I don't care what you say about Nasir getting over the top sooner, Chris Harris doing something different. Guys, I've watched the tape. I've watched that play over and over and over again, trying to make sense of how it could really change, how, how that instance could have been different. Besides Nasir Adderley simply not biting on the initial inside move by Tyreek Hill before he broke back outside, I don't think there's anything you could do. Because Hill made it so Harris couldn't get near it. Like, Hill did this veteran savvy move where he stacked Harris, slowed down just enough, and then knew that the last second he'd be able to lean away, falling far enough away from Harris and Nasir to catch that ball. And it just sucks that how was he not touched? Like he was down at the three yard line and then rolled and momentum carried him to the end zone. I don't know how one of those guys didn't touch him. You know, cool, like catching the pass, it's miraculous. But for no one to tap him while he was down before he fell into the end zone was a little bit of a bummer because you never know what the Chargers could have done at that point, right? That's some more time off the clock. That is another chance for a turnover. Like all those things could have happened if just one guy got a finger on him right at that moment. So that's just tough. It's just absolutely tough. It was a heck of a game to watch, really, really exciting, but it just didn't bounce the Chargers' way, unfortunately. Looking at the, the stats real quick, Mahomes, 302 passing yards, two touchdowns, had 59 yards rushing. He led the team in rushing for the second time in the last three times the Chargers have played the Chiefs, and that's kind of how they won it the first time, which was he had 50-plus rushing yards, and he did exactly this. When they needed to march down the field, when they needed to continue drives, Mahomes just made it happen with his legs. It was the same exact thing that happened in this game as it did last year in Mexico City. Excruciatingly painful to watch because we've seen that play before. We've seen that happen over and over and over again, and the Chargers, unfortunately, like they didn't think about it even though it happened four times in this game, right? These big scrambles by Mahomes. I'll tell you what, man, big silver lining for the Chargers, 38 rushing yards by Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who was, after one week, the NFL rushing leader with 133, I think, something along those lines, or 38, I'm not sure, but 38 yards. He only had 10 carries because they were down, they just the game script didn't, didn't roll that way, but 38 rushing yards for Clyde Edwards-Alaire is a big deal. They've been really good at, you know, but if you take away the quarterback scrambles, 
this is probably the number one defense in terms of limiting opposing ball carriers and yards. Like Justin, what did uh, excuse me, Joe Burrow? What did he have? Uh, Thirty yards or less rushing. Uh, Mahomes had fifty-nine. I mean, you take away some of these chunk plays, and they look really good in terms of run defense. Passing the ball, uh, excuse me, receiving. Hill, Kelsey, Hill was five for ninety-nine in a touchdown. Kelsey was nine for ninety in a touchdown. Kelsey's touchdown was pretty aggravating. They did a flood concept towards the right within, I think, the ten-yard line. And they had a flat uh, player. They had Kelsey running, I believe, like a banana uh, corner, essentially, in, up, out. And Rayshon Jenkins was, like, caught somewhere in between and didn't know whether to take the flat guy or, or Kelsey. When, obviously, Kelsey's the right decision because if you're the deepest guy and someone's running deeper than you, that's not a good thing, right? Like, I, think, I believe Kaiser White was the linebacker on that side. should have taken the flat. I think those two were just mixed up, right? Um I got to go back and actually watch that one, but obviously that's a blown coverage. Very obvious blown coverage. Uh, as far as the Chargers go in this one, Herbert, 3-11, one passing touchdown, which was a rope to Jalen Guyton in the back left corner of the end zone. Uh, Steichen talked about the play today on the Zoom call. He just said, you know, uh, Herbert looked off the safety and in his peripheral, his to the left side, he saw that cornerback over there kind of go towards the seam, which is where Keenan Allen was. And then Herbert made the decision to pull the trigger right then and there and throw it a dot to Jalen Guyton in the back of the end zone. He had to jump a little bit for it, which is fine, but he put it out of uh, reach of the cornerback. It was just beautiful. It really was. Uh, his rushing touchdown, like I talked about, was on the first drive of the game. It was a play action to the right. Um, real simple thing, running back in the flat. And Justin Herbert did obviously the very smart thing. The linebacker in coverage on the, the running back who was in the flat tripped up made Eckler fall, and then Justin Herbert was able to waltz in uh, with just enough time to get through. Did take a little bit of a hit, but had plenty of time to get into the end zone. Big deal, that interception, like, again, I've watched the play. Uh, Keenan makes this really sudden move. He's coming from right to left, deep down the field, and he makes a sudden move upwards. I think he's at the 10, and Herbert sees him sees Keenan Allen get that separation from that guy and launches it. And I like the idea. It was like a Madden play. It's like where you use you use the, the, the right stick to move your receiver up on the scramble drill and then try to hit him over the top. Uh, it just, he didn't see the backside corner coming over the top, which is Legereus Sneed. He's a, he's a rookie from uh, Louisiana Tech, very good ball player, has two picks through the first two games of his rookie season. But... Not only did he not see the backside corner, like he didn't put enough arm on it. And like he's got a hose, we understand that. So I was just a little confused why he didn't throw it towards the back of the end zone. Like he underthrew it. And maybe I'll go back and look and see if that's really like a realistic throw, even for someone with an arm like Herbert. But he did just underthrow it. He could have taken those yards, right? He could have continued the drive. They could have had at least three more plays, uh, more time off the clock, all that stuff. It's just. Damn, it's tough because I don't want to hang my head on that interception with Herbert, right? Like he did so many good things during this game. And I just don't think we need to look at that interception with such heaviness, right? Like like that's such a big negative compared to everything else we saw in the positive with his game. Uh, it's a big day for the running backs. Austin Eckler, Josh Kelly combined for, what is this, 30, 39 carries, in six receptions. So 45 touches total between the two. Eckler was 16 for 93. 
uh, no scores, four catches for 55 yards. Joshua Kelly, 23 carries. Holy shit. I think he's like sixth in rushing attempts in the league right now with 35. He's got 23 this week for 64 yards. Bad yards per carry average, but he did just do a lot of short yards type stuff. Um, The Chiefs did a good job of, of filling the run in the game, and then he had two catches for 49 yards. Big deal there. Allen, leading receiver, seven catches, 96 yards. Hunter Henry, six catches, 83 yards. Hunter Henry is second in uh, receiving yards for tight ends this year behind Gasicki from uh, the Miami Dolphins. He has 177 total, Henry does, this year. Bosa had his first career sack of Patrick Mahomes. Huge deal. Can't imagine the euphoria he felt at that time, right? Like, that's that's such a big deal. I think it's so awesome. Congrats to Bosa on getting that first sack. And your leading tackler on defense was Kenneth Murray. He had 10 and a good pass deflection off a tipped pass that was intended for Tyree Kill that looked at the time to really change the momentum of the game. Like, I think it would have been a first down if Hill caught that ball, but he did not. Murray made the play, which is, again, great to see because Murray wasn't known as a coverage linebacker uh, in college. And to see him in the pros still, with his speed and athleticism, be able to keep up enough to tip a pass that was intended for Tyree Kill. I think that's absolutely fantastic. Big, big deal. Okay, we're going to go over real quick uh, as we wrap up this show because while I talked about the the game recap, um, you kind of already, I guess, hear my certain static players without really saying too much. Uh, So we're just going to go ahead and go over uh, Serger's static for this week. This is an article I do. It's a weekly. It's essentially my winners and losers from uh the week right the week's game um i love doing this article i like hearing you guys' feedback i like asking you guys you know who should be in the surge who should be in the static and kind of working together on this thing um real quickly surge obviously justin herbert big time right 22 of 33 311 two total touchdowns one interception i mean the brass on this kid to come in and just do what he did was absolutely electric the throws the bouncing back from the bad plays you know like that those are the things you want to see in a future franchise quarterback right like if he's showing this these types of traits this early in his career i don't know how you don't uh think the sky's a limit for a guy like this um secondly i had the chargers backfield i mean i'm not gonna separate the two right like they both combined to do a hell of an effort a lot of work again 39 carries 45 touches overall in this game backfield came up huge and then I have Jerry Tillery man he only had one tackle in the box score but he did hit the QB twice and he blocked a a, a PAT the the Chiefs first PAT the one after the Kelsey touchdown huge man he's guys six seven like I hope we see more of that because that's absolutely fantastic the the edge you can gain on on teams for blocking as things as simple as an extra point it's a huge demoralizing thing because after you score a touchdown you're like cool we're tied up and then all of a sudden you're like, no, you're you're not because your kicker didn't make, miss or make the PAT right. Like I just think that's a huge deal, especially in terms of like the psyche of the of the opponent. Um, another fun fact about Tillery: so the, through the first two weeks of the season, Tillery's tied for sixth among all defensive tackles in ESPN's pass rush win rate at 22%. That success has him among the same company as other stars of the position, like Chris Jones of KC, Pittsburgh's Cameron Hayward, and Atlanta's Grady Jarrett. And he's about to face a very young um, Carolina offense, defense. I mean, it's a it's a young team overall. Um, he's going to look good. I'm really, really excited about it. Uh, static, I just have 
safety Nasir Adderley. He had four total tackles in this game. Nothing else to really talk about. Uh, say what you want about whether he he, he missed his responsibility um, on the play, the touchdown pass to Tyreek Hill. Like he's just he's taking really bad angles. He has some missed tackles. He's just got to clean it up. He he looks instinctual. He's explosive. He plays really fast. And he's talked about it, what he needs to clean up. So I hope he's able to do that. As long as he's aware of where he's lacking and he knows to attack those areas to get better, then I think he's going to be okay. So, again, against the Panthers' offense and defense, a Panthers' offense, that's just ho-hum. You know, they're not going to have Christian McCaffrey. They do have a speedster in Robbie Anderson and some other good receivers like DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel. We'll see. I think it's still going to be a really fun and exciting game. And lastly, I just have Anthony Lynn for the lack of aggressiveness in overtime when he decided to punt on that fourth and one. Um, and I know they were in their own territory. It's his 34-yard line, so like, I get it. And today in the presser, he was asked about it again, and he simply said, you know, we didn't practice those specific plays that week with Herbert because he obviously wasn't supposed to be the starter. So he didn't feel comfortable putting it on the shoulders of Herbert to get that first down. So he decided to punt it. He wanted to count on their defense, which was full of veterans and really good players. And, and you know, that phrase or that saying he said a couple weeks ago, which is, you know, we pay a lot of people around here some really good money and they need to start making plays. Essentially, that's essentially what he said, right? Like they pay a lot of players really good money and he expects those players to earn that money. So um, that's kind of what I look for uh, in, in that decision where he he wanted to trust the defense, right? They've got a lot of good players on defense that they pay him really good money. He expects them to make a play. So that is my surge or static for week two. Um, I don't know if you think this podcast comes out a little late than you would want. Um, it's I know it's already Wednesday. Like I'll have the, 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 the preview for this week's game against Carolina on Saturday. I just like, because they don't talk to the media. The Chargers don't come back and talk to the media until Wednesday. And I like having that call down before I do record this podcast because it gives me more information and more insight into what the team's doing. And if I didn't do it uh, after this first call on Wednesdays, then you wouldn't hear any of this stuff till Saturday. And then it's already like time for the next game, right? All the insight from this past game really wouldn't be relevant, right? So anyway, um, that's why I do it on Wednesdays in case you guys were wondering. That's why I don't do an instant reaction pod. Um, But if I need to add an extra episode to do an instant reaction pod, is that something that you guys would want? Um, Go ahead and let me know either in the comments or hit me up on Twitter. Um, And if you guys don't already follow me on Twitter, you can find me at Zone Tracks. That's spelled Z-O-N-E-T-R-A-C-K-S. And again, my written work's all at BulletsFromTheBlue.com. That is SB Nation's Los Angeles Chargers website. Um, Do a lot of good work over there. Come join the community. We have a ton of fun. Um, But that about wraps up today's show, guys. Really appreciate you listening again, supporting the show. Um, I've had a lot of you say some nice things to me on Twitter recently, and I just want to appreciate you guys for, again, supporting me, enjoying my work, allowing me to do this for a living. And I'll probably thank you guys every single time I do a podcast because it just feels right. But again, really, really appreciate it. Uh, That's been the show, guys. Um, We'll be back again Saturday for the preview against the Carolina Panthers. Um, But before I ramble on any further, guys, I'll talk to you later this week.